You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sid Talk. Happy birthday to you. Oh my God. Put a bit awesome. of razzmatazz on the that's, end. You know why that's so awesome? Because you recorded that for like however many other people to hear as well, which is really good. And they Thank can you. use it. Just substitute the name. <laughs> I, I mean it to everybody. Thank you very much. So whenever you need a birthday greeting, and I'm dead or whatever, you can just play the play back this episode. You think that'll make me happier? Yes. To listen to you once you're dead. <laughs> Drag out an old podcast and go, oh, he's dead. One time he sang happy birthday to me. It was so sweet. Now so, he's dead. So a uh, happy 23rd birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and you're off only um, um, by two decades. Unfortunately, you're not very well on your birthday, which is kind of annoying. I'm all right. I'm just no, you've got a fever and you're uh, got a cold. Um, I have a heavy, heavy chest. But luckily, you didn't really. My have chest to do. is like, you know. You sound like an old man. I do. I've got, but right now, I've got my fuzzy slippers. I've got my jacket on over my clothes, and I've got a quilt wrapped around me. Luckily, our home theater Hot was quite warm today. Yes. As well, we we uh, pulled yep. out the old tornado um, <laughs> heater. Yes. Thank okay. you for your birthday greetings. I appreciate it. Well, that was... I'm not 23, I'm 43. When you was uh, saying at the beginning there, what is the pre-conversation? That was the pre-conversation. I get it. All right, so it's Sunday, November the 7th. Correct. Sid Talk's birthday, uh, 2010. Uh, how old does that make you? 23. 23. <laughs> and this is after the show number 146. That's closer to the age. 100. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, evil... You so, go from being sweet and kind and thoughtful, <laughs> and then you like give give her one. So the um, movie for this week is uh, Toy Story Three, a nice birthday movie. Very good, yes. Um, the, we're reviewing the uh, four disc, super duper deluxe, watch them call it version. Um, what is it really called? Two disc Blu-ray DVD digital copy version of the movie. Uh, this is a 2010 movie, 2010 Blu-ray release. It comes out on Blu-ray, or it came out on Blu-ray this Tuesday, last Tuesday, the uh, 2nd of November. I'm glad it's not blue. Um, Around the edge, I mean. Yeah. Well, uh, that's saved for when it's not oh, in its... Oh, I see. Uh, when it's not in its slipcover. Yeah, yeah the, the slipcover is not blue. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, from Disney. It's the Blu-ray version that we looked at, even though the DVD does come in the package. And you're going to tell us what it's all about on your birthday. Toy Story... Three. Don't sound too enthused. <laughs> I am, I am. <laughs> I am, I am, because I really, really enjoyed it. But I'll talk about that later. It is a growing up story of a boy who's going off to college and his toys, who we have known now for many years, are kind of facing the inevitable that life goes on and things change and there's lots of adventure and there's escaping and there's a heisty kind of a thing, which I know that you probably were all excited about. Lots of adventure, but mostly kind of personal, you know. There's like a bad guy who's... There's always a bad guy, but I mean, like a bully. Um, I don't know how to describe him. We'll talk about him later. But he's a bad guy, but he's a bad uh, purple stuffed bear guy. <laughs> All right, moving on to the movie, Toy Story 3. Um, it's obviously, hard to summarize. Obviously the third in the trilogy of Toy Story. Um, what's interesting to me is... Um, you know, we've been watching Pixar movies for the last 12, 13 years. This one's 15 Is it years 15 old? years? I mean, this was 11 years old. I mean, Probably it was 11 years, years since Toy Story 2. So. Yeah, and, and I, I was in the toilet downstairs, funnily enough. Here's a story for you. It's not to do with having a Wii. But uh, I was in the toilet downstairs. Oh, if it wasn't a Wii, I don't know what it and was. And we have a lot of um, movie memorabilia on the wall in the home theater toilet. And I have... Um, the little soldier, a little bag of the soldiers, the little yeah. green soldiers, and on the top, the card on the top says, Toy Story, um, Toy Story, 10th Anniversary Edition on DVD right. soon. And that was a while ago, a long time yeah, yeah. ago. So, yeah, let's say we've been watching Pixar. What well, my point is, we've been watching Pixar movies for the last 15 years. Um, we've grown up. I know a lot of these, t- they're targeted at all kinds of ages, but, you know, kids will love these kind of movies. You'll take your kids to see them and you'll, 
probably enjoy them also. But what my observation was that with this one, Toy Story 3, with Up um, and Wally, Pixar have also grown up in yeah. their, the way they tell stories. Totally. And I really like that because I didn't expect it from Toy Story 3 and it actually creeps into Toy Story 3 quite a lot. Oh, and yeah, totally. Like a, like adult, you know, adult problems. And it's all about, I don't know, mainly the theme is change, you know, family. And don't forget, you know, don't detract, like, stuff that was good in your childhood. Yeah. Don't lose that because like if Andy the cat, the main the kid in this movie goes off to college to become what a, a kid yeah, you know whatever. a worker or whatever he ends up being uh, you know a Pixar animator or something <laughs> but don't lose the kid in you right you know because it's a bad thing isn't it like that's what keeps that's the spark in people like John Lasseter always I've seen interview. you know he's like a child a man this movie's changed when his friend died I think before yeah. car, or after cars, yeah. before cars, and then he made the cars or cars, the cars, the cars. That's a band, uh, and I think that is when it changed. Like it started being like, hey, let's put. I mean, some people might not like it. Maybe some people don't notice it or think about it. But it's kind of like let's make use. Let's make a good use of our time. Not necessarily. It's not like it's steep with message, but but it's there if you want it. Yeah, and it's like, it just, you know, I mean, I cried a lot, even though nothing was sad. It was just like, it just pulls out things in you. There, there was a really sad moment in this movie. Um, I won't give a spoiler, but I'll you'll get it from what I said. Barbie ripped the clothes? No. <laughs> like, the inevitability of yeah, yeah. accepting your fate. You know that? Yeah, yeah. Really well done. Just a... Oh, you know, it's a part of an adventure, but it's a real emotional. Like it's like, oh shit! Like they're yeah. <laughs> going to yeah. accept what's coming. It's to oh it. shit without saying oh shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's really well done. The music's perfect. The ju- no speaking, just actions, and you understand where everybody is at. I thought that was really well done and quite um, like something I didn't expect in a kids kind of movie. There's a lot of that in this. A lot of that. And Up, I mean, up was a special... Baby that, doll was creepy. What about that opening in, uh, when we yeah. watched Up? The opening of Up. That's tough for an adult to um, totally. go through. Whereas, I don't know if a kid fully comprehends I mean, it's the same story. It is. You know, he goes through his life with his wife and then she's gone. It's really and now hard, he's that coping one, with the change and how do you... How do you deal with change? Like, you know, and then this is Andy growing up and dealing with... And we all do it. And I really, you know... But you know what? Some people don't think about it. No, well, the message to me clearly in this movie... And you know what? I think those are the assholes of the world. Yeah, I think so. From frame on is don't lose the child inside you. And that's what it is. Like, because as soon as you do, what... Your essence is gone. Like, you're just another... Drone. Goes out to college, becomes a suit or whatever it becomes. And, you know, the, the... like, what and either from, way, we're all going to be dead. So I mean, you can either have the fun of a childness, childlikeness in you, or not. You're gonna, I'm, you're gonna be dead. In I'm what I get anyway. from the philosophy. I know that's very cheery for people, but I'm just saying the like, philosophy of Pixar as a company. I, from everything I see about them, it's just a childlike place. I mean, not. I'm not saying they're all immature bunch of idiots. No, because they get a lot accomplished. They're very productive. But having that in their lives, like there's an extra on this which talks about a cereal bar, something as simple. Having a fun, childlike environment to work in helps the movies, obviously, because have they ever missed with a movie? Never. Yeah, and what harm is it to like... I don't know. Like, when I say to... If I say to people, oh, we sat and watched Toy Story 3, you know, a lot of adult people who I know would say... Just you and your husband? You don't That's even. Kids, you don't even have any kids. Yeah, yeah. That's boring. Or why would you sit and watch that? And I'll say, what'd you do? We watch football all day. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> now I'm not. I'm not knocking football. I'm just saying, why? I don't see. That um, seems like the adult version of what you should hang on to from childness, and that might be the version that people. 
That's why people get so obsessed with things as a grown-up or nerd out on things or become World of Warcraft obsessed or become a sports fanatic with the painted face and ah, because that's still the thing in you. That is that when you were a kid, you're running through the forest, running through the forest like that's some kind of dreamy childhood. But you're like running down the hall with your <laughs> toys or doing whatever. You know, I don't even remember that kind of play. I remember certain things. One thing I think I've mentioned before is, like, I remember I used to set up the old turntable record player I had and this old keyboard that I had, and I had some big headphones that were broken that were my brother's or something. Mind you, this was the 70s, late 70s, and um, or mid-70s. They're, like, the big, what do you call them, the cans or whatever, yeah. like, the big old-fashioned kind of headphones. And I had, like, this, not a microphone, but something that was like a microphone that I played set up, and I would pretend to be a radio disc jockey, not like a DJ, wah, wah, wah. But like a disc jockey, like, hey, we're spinning the records and da-da-da, and here's, you know, whatever 45s I had that were my brother or my sisters, you know, it could have been anything. It could have been a 45 of, for those of you who don't know what a 45 is, it's a single on vinyl. One song on one side, one song on the other, and I would play it, and like, my keyboard was like my mixing board, I guess I had seen... Mm-hmm. A radio, like, oh, because I watched WKRP in Cincinnati, right? right? So in the DJ booth, he always had all the buttons and stuff, so that was my buttons. Now, I remember that distinctly, that kind of playing. I remember swinging outside, making mud pies. I just don't remember fully the the, I the remember. spirit of it, maybe. Here's one that I had. I had a $6 million man <laughs> um, action figure. Steve Austin, um, Lee Majors action figure. In his red tracksuit. Do you remember that one? Um and I had his rocket ship, which was like the equivalent of Barbie's uh, yeah. car, right? So it was a rocket ship that you put him in. I had the Bionic Woman car. And the rocket ship was this, uh, just a bit bigger than Steve Austin. And you put Steve Austin inside and closed the front <laughs> flaps. And it was like an old style, like what you think of a rocket ship when you yeah, draw yeah. one. Um, Not a space shuttle. No. <laughs> but what was cool, and this is, I, I do remember playing this. What was cool about the rocket ship was when you folded it open, it turned into an operating table <laughs> that you can rebuild him and his bionics. You could there was bits you on the curl the, ro- the, the rubber up on his the arm rubber, yeah. and then plug him in and the little were, cables. You plug little cables in, <laughs> and I remember seriously sitting for hours doing full like like what I'd seen on the TV show, operating on his arm. You know, real serious like and playing like really playing like so i do remember that um and all uh, you know and if you can keep that in life and still be productive and still participate in life as a i'm not saying go, i mean i'm not exactly a participant of all things political and world and saving the world and solving world hunger and any of that but i mean participating as in you know pay your way in this world that's what you do you find a way to pay for the things in life that you need and want and on the tail of that, one of the things you should want is to keep that. I love sitting and playing Plants vs. Zombies for two hours in the morning. I love opening up The Sims and like just sitting there and zoning out completely for like five hours. Or sitting there and watching a movie like Toy yeah, Story yeah. 3. You know, it's a, a pleasure, isn't it? Or watching all of Futurama in a row over the course of like three days on my laptop. Carrying my laptop everywhere with me. Like, I mean, the excitement is what I'm talking about. That sort of like... I'm saying it's just a pleasure in life, though. We go and sit, watch this movie. It's just a something that's in, totally enjoyable. There's nothing bad about it, is there? You just want to do it, and it's fun, you know. So don't lose that fun. Is I guess I shouldn't then make fun of people who love sports. Well, no, if that's the thing that makes them feel the way we do when we sit down and watch a movie, then that's the thing they... Sh- yeah, yeah, true. It's just so happens they would think, oh, why would you watch a movie? And we would think, why would you watch football all day? It's just... That's true. It's their version of our thing, right? That's true. So, yeah, you shouldn't diss people's thing. But, so, back to Toy Story 3 after our childhood <laughs> memories. Um, well, it's relevant, because that's what it does to you. Um, you think. I'm thinking of Toy Story as a whole, the trilogy now. Um, this one, I actually, I don't know if it's because I've just seen it, but I actually kind of like it the best. Mm. Just because of its message. I think the other two kind of touched on that message, but... Like, the first one kind of touched on it. The second one was more of just a big adventure, I thought. But this third one, it was clever, it was clever to interweave yeah. that all in there. Um, I was thinking, like, little kids might be, like, sad and stuff, but it make them sad, but 
maybe well, not. What did Bambi do to kids? Yeah, you sit, Bambi would tie a hat <laughs> on and throw it in the bin. Like. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I you know, you just got to. Re- it's not like all of a sudden we're trying to teach kid adult things. It's, it's a way of presenting real life to you, in a way that makes sense, and not only like. In life, you age and you will move on and you can't hang on to everything that you've ever known. But also turn around and help. Not help, but like... Like, pass on a little bit of that thing that's to what, another person. I think that's what person. I really like about that yeah. scene in this movie. Yeah, Not, yeah, yeah. That's just like a... I know it's kind of fairy tale-ish because... Um, no. Well, I've done it. I've got down the floor you in, have, in but, years and played Barbies and I've played, you know, cars with some kids and I've gone out in the backyard with a I'm stick in my hand Andy, and pretend it's instance. a sword. You know? Uh, Randy was... Randy used no, to be I'm, more... Andy. Oh, Andy. <laughs> like... The, no, I don't think so. Because imagine, Austin's 14. Four years from now, he'll be the age to go to college. It's not that far from being a boy. Not really. And that is still in you, but all of a sudden the world is it's pushing you. It's in you, but the world doesn't expect it to no, be No, the world That's wants you to, is. like, you know, the thing about college and people freak out. When you're over 30, which is true, you start looking back and go, oh, those college students, what a bunch of idiots. Yeah, They're yeah, acting exactly. like idiots. The thing is, you're going through the time between childhood and adulthood. The world is, like, weighing down on you. That's what it is. And, and, and it's, it's actually, the pressure just makes you want to explode. It's actually fully encapsulated in just this one thing in mm-hmm. the movie where... The mother says, which things do you want to take to college and which things you don't? And in Andy, he doesn't say anything, but you just know, because you've been to college yourself, well, I don't take my toys because I'm going to look childish. Like, I'm going to college, like like I might take one toy or whatever, but I can't take all my toys. It's like, it's a new thing, like, so... so. See, I took my Raggedy Ann doll when I went to college. Yeah, and I, you know, but it's a thing, especially in a boy's mind, like... Yeah. Like... No, that's the end of toys. The toys like inside an eighteen, nineteen year old boy slash man. You don't want to thing throw where, them. right? But if you do, if you don't get it's rid not... of it, and then the thing is, everyone else is thinking the same thing. Yeah, you know. So the people who everyone claims are geeky boys or geeky guys who love all their action figures and their collectibles and stuff, they're just hanging on to that too. Absolutely. <laughs> You're very strong on this point. I well, like I, I think um... you're convicted. <laughs> yeah, because I like video games and movies, and I like collectible toys, and I have action figures, and I've got—I guess I fit into that category. Where I think I lost some of that. I don't—I I have a hard time with it. I can manufacture it; it just doesn't. Come I don't natural. think I did because I still remember fondly to this day. Like I used to meet my auntie like once a week to go shopping, and she would always have in a bag, and my grandma too. Uh, I collected Star Wars figures at the time. And obviously, I'm a Star Wars nut. So, she always would have one. She would say, come here, Paul. And I'd come over and she'd open a, a purse or whatever. And there'd be an action figure. And it'd be one that I didn't have. That's how much she knew. You know, she must have marked down which ones I had and which ones I didn't. And it was like a thrill. You know, every week I look forward to it. And there's always a new one. And it's like that now with games. or You know, it's like a thing that... Yeah. Um... You just take with you, I guess. If you like to... Now I love it when a new game comes that I like, or, you know, that kind of thing. So I guess you don't... I've not lost things... Like, I know some people. In fact, fact, I told you the other day, I met um, uh, an old school friend on Mm. Facebook, and when I started talking to him, I said to you, I don't think I want to talk to this guy anymore. He depresses me, like... The life's drained out of him. It's like nothing, like, left. Everything I ask him, does he... Oh, you into this? Are you into that? And he's like, mm, I watch the footy at the bar at the pub. I got five. I, I got work. four kids. Uh, you know, it's like, like there was no. But the thing is, what's inside him though? Does he really want to sit down with with the dude and a friend and and play like a crazy video game for three hours? But on the outside, he has to go. Oh man, that's just stupid. That's a waste of time. Kids. I want to go have a, a beer at the or, you know have whatever. Yeah, because when I was a kid. And hung out with this particular guy. Um, I, I went to school with him. We, we went to each other's houses at night. We lived around the corner from each other. We played video games for hours on end. You know, we had a laugh. We uh, went out on our bikes, that kind of thing. Some would argue that because we don't have children, when you have children, particularly multiples of um, offspring, that wears you down. 
I guess you it see, takes away you see your the joy. child thing all the time, I guess. Yeah, and it wears you down. I mean, every minute of your life is now devoted to worrying about, thinking about, taking care of, feeding, clothing, fixing, nursing, making a living, yeah. listening to crying, all that stuff, every single minute. And so you're probably, your mind is just so beaten down. So I do admire grown-up. I mean, it gets annoying when people go, I have children. I can't go. I can't watch a movie. I have children. I can't sit down and play a video game. I have so the, the people too. that do take the time, when it can't be easy, they're hanging on to it. Do you know what I mean? They're hanging on to that thing. So that's so, good. Toy Story 3, um, really well animated. <laughs> in, in fact, um, I have to mention the Blu-ray at this point. It's fantastic. Like, Very fantastic. Um, it's like, if you could be a... I mean, every week I review the audio and video quality of Blu-rays. This one has to be a 10 out of 10. There's absolutely no... Nothing wrong. I mean, we watched it huge on the projector. No, everything no sharp perfectly. It's, I mean, it is a 2010 anim- computer animated movie. Should look good, right? But it, it was stunning looking. Um it also comes with the trailer to Cars 2, which is <laughs> Pixar's next movie. Teaser trailer. Uh, but I was a bit disappointed. It was a teaser. Yeah, it was. Um, but was, good. Yeah, I, I liked Cars a lot. I, it was uh, one of Pixar's movies that people didn't like as much. I'm not sure why. Because to me, I really like it. It was, their, it was the beginning of the message movie kind of thing. Mm. Not message movie. I shouldn't say that because it sounds heavy-handed. But I mean... I mean, Wall-E was absolutely a message movie. Movie, you know. Mm. And I really liked it. Obviously, I, I loved mean, Cars. I didn't know it wasn't popular. It was one of the least. It must popular. be massively popular because even now, when you go like to big mega stores, it's everywhere. It w- Every section you go in, there's a whole section in the party section of all car stuff. What I mean though is um, the actual movie, financially everything. When you look at all the Pixar movies, it was one of the least, if not, um, I think Finding Nemo was the biggest. Apart from the Toy Story Ah, Finding Nemo. I can't wait for that to come to Blu-ray. That That needs to come. That'll probably come when it's like 10 years old or something, right? Like an anniversary edition or something. Can't wait till... What was her name? Dory? Dory? Dora? Ellen? Yeah. The fish? (laughs) Yeah. She's my favorite part. Right, so, uh, yeah, this uh, Toy Story 3, it's amazing looking, sounds really good, and um, the animation's improved over the years. Because it did show you in the extras some of... I've not seen Toy Story 1 and 2 for some time. Have you? Mm-mm. Not even seen it on TV or no. anything. Um, I said to you, if you watch them back to back, I wonder how jarring it is from how good it looks now to what the first one You've was. You've got them all. Yeah, I have, I have to just take a look at the first yeah, one. Yeah, pop it, them in. The first one might be really simplistic because computers... It feels great. like it was pretty roundy a lot. And less objects in the scene. Mm. I don't know. Because this had a lot... I mean, had, when they jump out of the thing and it's like, new toys, new toys. There's huh? like 150 people there. Oh, oh when there's a, a monkey nuke. Yeah. How many objects are in the scene there? I did miss... I did like from... Was it number one? With the toys that he morphed together. The right. creepy kid. That I missed. Because I'd like to have seen that again. I love that. Yeah, there are new there are new characters in this and old characters are gone. Some of them, Sex, yeah. But yeah, and that's kind of sad. Yeah. That... All I could think was mm, they couldn't get the voice actor, so nah, they just—I just, I I just thought so. that was another way of like dispose of a couple of characters who are not the mega ones that people remember, but they do. Like, oh, yeah, of course. like Bo Peep, for instance. But you know, over the years, there's been yeah. garage sales. There's been you know, and they're the ones that took the hit. Like, and it's just like sad just to think because these toys—they were their friends. Like, so it's like people dying along the years, isn't it? So, um. The, let's move on to the cast of the movie. Well, it's obviously all just voices, uh, acting, but voices. Um, Tom Hanks plays his, plays Woody again. You can't Same really say much about him, <laughs> no. Woody. Uh, Tim Allen, Buzz Lightyear, John Cusack as Jesse. I really See, like Jesse. Yeah, you know, I do too. She's one of my favorite characters, and you wouldn't know it's John Cusack, so that's good to me. No, you wouldn't, and you wouldn't. I don't mean because you wouldn't recognize voice. I mean because she disguises her voice so and well. The bad guy, uh, lots so of this piece, we're trying um, to figure out what it's Ned Beatty, and I wouldn't have known it was no, him either, no. even though I kept thinking I'd know that voice. It sounded you know? really familiar. Um, Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head, um, Michael Keaton as Ken. Now. Ken and Barbie in this are really good too. Really I think good. Ken's hilarious. Like, yes. and there's like a funny part where he shows her his. Um, 
room for just one room in the house. I like how emotional she is. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and it's perfect, the uh, Ken house and the Barbie car. And I told you, they even got the elevator on the side just right. I never had the big Barbie house. I had a lot of other Barbie things. I had a Barbie airplane. I had a Barbie van. I had a Barbie car. Um... The van was like you slide the side open and then pull it out, and then inside was like a little couch, I and then that, yeah. painted on the side was a little kitchenette, right. so like she could stand there and pretend to be cooking. And it had all kinds of accessories, just camping things with it. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in this house, they actually got it right. My friend Cindy had same name as me had the Barbie dream house and the elevator you had to crank this thing on the back to make it go up and down and it always got stuck 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 well, as it came down and when they do it in the movie it does the same thing and they, I'm like yes I was going to say they probably smooth. start with the real thing and then yeah it's like, never modeling. smooth like so I thought that was a good detail to add in there uh, and then we got John Ratzenberger as Ham um, and loads of other voices in this who you might not well the the girl from Flight of the Concords is a dinosaur. She is. She, uh, she's very distinctive to me. Um, directed by... Oh, we got to talk about Spanish Buzz, though, because he was really yeah, good. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Cause, oh, uh, really good. Like, like, Spanish Buzz, when he turns out and he does the let, let, Latin dance. Like they and, mentioned, oh, like, Buzz Lightyear like, uh, has, like, a, a, a dual mode, so he's been sold in, like, yeah, yeah. Mexico and sold he in like, the button States. And he, yeah, yeah. And you can switch him and to... And he just... His voice and... But it's not really just awesome. his voice, it's his yeah. personality. He has all body moves, all awesome, but the voice was really good, and that was just a guy from the... Animation team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that is a funny... Um, funny mode. Uh, I thought it was... Um, I really thought it was... The cat from Shrek, but obviously not. No. Antonio Banderos. Yeah, that's him. So, directed by Lee Unkrich, who also directed Toy Story 2, Finding Nemo, and Monsters, Inc. I think he was co-director, actually, on a couple of those. Uh, Monsters, Inc. um, was a good one, too, wasn't it? Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I always thought it was Lassiter who was responsible for the Toy Story franchise, but it's not. Um, He's there, looming. Yeah, he's all... They talk about him like he's a god. Or he's like some external figure who just floats around. Because he picture. started it. And yeah. so, you know. But he's super high up the chain of command, so he's probably not somebody you deal with day to day, I guess, nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I don't know, though. He seems to... I can't imagine at this stage he just would hand off anything. Because, I mean, it's a very precious thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, to hand over a Pixar movie... That A is a big cash cow, right? B, I feel like he wants them to be like quality thing for a kid because kids will sit and watch this movie a hundred times. Oh, like, absolutely! Why not? And so, don't let anything slip in there that's you know these movies, not quality or you know. These movies are probably the best value for money kind of movies if you've got kids totally. uh, going because yeah, this thing could get worn out, wouldn't it, with the play. Um, so, what we have here, going on to the extras for this disc, it's a four-disc pack, um, which is pretty awesome. And I've seen this four... There's a two-disc pack also. But I've seen this four-disc pack last week go in for $20, which wow. is pretty good for, like, everything. You get um, four discs, two are Blu-ray discs, one's the movie and a couple of extras, one's a disc full of extras and a, a trivia game. Uh, then there's a DVD copy of the movie with some extras. So that's, uh, you know, if you've not... Oh, well, if you want to watch it in the car or whatever. And a digital copy to watch on your phone. So everything you could possibly want um, on four discs. Now, f- lots of... Like Pixar, like all their other Blu-rays and DVDs, lots of extras. Like, lots of extras. Yeah, yeah. A really awesome menu as well. They always We say they make an effort with the menu. It's not just a flat image. It's moving around. And there's a screensaver if you leave it for a while. So... On the first disc, which is the Blu-ray, you get the movie, and you also get, and you talk about this a little bit, the uh, theatrical short, Day and Night. Um, Explain Day and Night. I really like it. In fact, I think it's my favorite short. It has two characters. They are, like, really old-school-looking, two-dimensional. It looks like 30s, 40s animation, where they're kind of a roundy... um, What's it called? A a schmoo? Or something yeah. like that from like the 50s, late 40s, 50s. Um, so it's just an outline of their bodies. One's real rounding, one's a little more pointy, and they're kind of doing their thing. But 
in them, or what is inside of them, is an actual world. Like you see the sunrise and the sunset, and one's daytime, like a- one's nighttime. And you whatever they're expressing, that's how they move. It is hard to describe, as they made it clear in the thing, but... I think it's one of the most clever Two things different I've person. ever seen. Yeah, it's really, it is clever. And really, um, it had uh, elements of, like, the old Tom and Jerry cartoons. or Yeah, because the, they get frustrated with each other and yeah. get in a fight and then something, whatever. But it's really, really clever. And in the space of, like, whatever it is, four minutes, it delivers, like, this awesome message. Yeah, totally. Like Toy Story 3. Does. Another message. Yeah, but... Are they preaching to us? Are they brainwashing us? But an awesome us? message brought... Brought to you by that um, radio tower. Yeah, yeah. Who is that talking? It's that guy. He's, he was in a video game. He's really, <laughs> really guy. famous for um, extraterrestrial stuff and all that. But I forget his name. But they had him in a video game on the radio, and it was a big deal that he was in it. When you listen to a radio in the game, he was on it. He's like conspiracy theories and all kinds of different... Jason Ventura? No, it's not him. <laughs> he's, he's really like a cult thing but it was but all he's saying is that for all of our differences you know it's life is more exciting when there we have differences yeah. not to be afraid of something different and new and that's the theme of it but the look of it you're my eyes and my mind are just like like oh. i didn't know what to expect it's and then, simple but yeah. it's beautiful i loved it i actually really liked the last one we saw as well uh the one with the clouds do you remember that one yeah yeah that was a really good one. They're, they're good at these shorts. I mean, the shorts are... This one, though, is totally different. I mean, it doesn't it look like... It's not like the good dude playing chess, and it's not the lamp. It is a different look. Yeah. it's it, What's really cool about it is it's primarily like a flat thing, but with 3D going on inside, inside the bodies, which yeah. is like... Sounds weird when I'm saying it, but you'd get it 100% when you... You only need to see it for a second and then yeah. you understand it. So that you get the whole of that night and day, which is... Uh, is it night and day? Day and night. Um, you also get on the first is Buzz Lightyear Mission Logs, The Science of Adventure, which we didn't know what the hell, and we pressed it, and it was actually quite enjoyable. Yeah, it was. Like, uh, it's Disney, Pixar, and, like, NASA. NASA. Because they actually put a Buzz Lightyear doll, uh, action figure... On the International on Space the Station. On the International Space Station. So he's floating around up there, and then he's... You know, Buzz Lightyear's explaining to the other toys about studies in space and the space station and how he comes back down to earth and it's really actually it was pretty really cool because it's like i felt like it might have been part of a series or something i felt like it might have been like a intermission on the disney channel or something maybe maybe yeah but it was good and even as an adult i know it was kind of talked to you as though you were a kid i was we still learned some things yep, I, I was like well holy shit that's how the space and i've been really comes. into space lately so that was and like i right just my, read that book about i was right in my alley space packing for mars correct Right, so um, so yeah, I was on a space tip recently. All right, so then you move on to disc two, which is the Blu-ray bonus disc, which features a bunch of stuff. I'll just mention them quickly. Toy Story Trivia Dash, which is a trivia game, good. which was kind of fun. You use the number keys on your remote control. It's pretty easy. You, or you can use your telephone to control it. Telephone. It does mean... <laughs> it you can use telephone. telephone or remote control. <laughs> I think, quote-unquote, telephone means uh, iPhone. iPhone, yeah. So, Because um, I'm pretty sure I can't pick up that telephone over there. That cordless oh, well, one. <laughs> I was thinking of the one downstairs in the laundry room. <laughs> We've got one of the big black <laughs> rectangle, like, hanging on the wall. 1950s. Um, I don't know, with the big, the big, the big roundy top and bottom, like, really mm-hmm. old-fashioned. All right, it so is no longer in service, but it's there. It also on this disc has Cine Explore with director Lee Unkridge and producer Dala Anderson, which is... Almost like Universal's U-Control feature. It's the movie with little snippets of video. It's good. Them talking over the top. Lots of storyboards. Uh, and some interesting... You find out a lot about them. Yeah, they like to t- tell you things that are not necessarily... Um, like, it's not about making the animation. It's about how they made decisions and how they wanted to do things. And um, I liked it. And then you also get beginning... Uh, I'll go through these quickly. Beginnings, set, setting a story in motion. Bonnie's Playtime, a story roundtable with the director. Rounding up a western opening. Beyond the Toy Box, an alternative, uh, altern, altern, alternate commentary track. Paths to Pixar editorial. Three studio short stories. Now, the studio stories are actually pretty cool. Very uh, cool. One's about like... Um, a, a, they, a cereal bar. Yeah, they've got a cereal bar in Pixar. Cereal bar, as in they have, if anyone's ever went to college, or maybe 
if you see the bulk foods in the food store, in the grocery store, where they have bulk stuff and you pull up the lever and like your millet or your almonds or whatever come out of the chute. Well, like in college in the dorm, they have a wall of cereal. Captain Crunch, Fruit Loops, granola, blah, 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 blah. And there's like 20. At Pixar, they have a whole, not just the wall of them, but it looks like they have a bar like that you sit at and eat your cereal. But all day, people are, like they said, carrying around cereal to their computers and in meetings and so that was, but it's all hand drawn these shorts yeah and the only thing I said was missing about this uh, for me just at the very end just even if it was a pit photograph I would like to see the real Pixar cereal because you only get to see the drawings of it yeah um, yeah and there's also one about them having a challenge where at the beginning of Toy Story 3 they're all, they all shave their heads and beards and then they had a contest for the one who could last the longest growing the hair back um and it's drawn really yeah, funnily. It, it actually makes fun. you laugh. It's kind of funny. Um, and then this three is the DVD with a bunch of extras, which actually kind of cross over to that Blu-ray extras. It's just, if you bought the DVD separately, you would have got that stuff anyway. And then there's a disc four, which is the digital copy of the film, which now says works with Windows Media Player and iTunes. So all that in one box. Um, I think this is fantastic um, value um it is a movie that you could show to kids. Definitely. Generations and gen. You know, this whole series. Or any of these Pixar movies. Um, so I don't know. 20 years from now, they're going to look like Bambi, who looks like yeah, to I guess. us. <laughs> I guess they would. Yeah, you're right. Um, but they'll still have a charm and the story will never... The message will never go away. So, um, I... In conclusion, what do you say for I this I loved one? it. Yeah, I highly... It might be my favourite of the three. I mean, the first one's obviously the f- like it was the first this type of film I saw. So, but I really like the the adventures. It feels good. really, really epic as well. Like you feel like you've really. I mean, it's really beefy. You're really satisfied at the end. Like you've been a lot of places and they've done a lot of things, and you know. Yeah, and I remember feeling like that on Toy Story Two when it broke out of his room, kind of thing. I was like, and it really establishes what the Woody character and what the idea is that you don't give up on people. Yep. Like, you don't just... People aren't throwaway. Toys aren't throwaway. I'm not saying don't throw your toys. I'm just saying the, the concept of... Maybe some people would say these days in the world we have throwaway societies. Everything is just... You can move on and, and everything's fast moving and maybe everyone needs to turn around and maybe look at the things we shouldn't be getting rid of like the thing about feeling like a kid and you know uh-huh. and yeah so yeah good message good movie brilliant uh, presentation I thought the Blu-ray except disc. I'm getting really tired of Randy Newman <laughs> yeah I'm not, I've never Seriously. been a fan anyway you got a friend and he does sing you've got he does reprise you've yeah. got a friend in me here at the beginning um, except the beautiful oh, I have to mention the beautiful flamenco dancing at the end with uh, Woody and, yeah. not with Woody but with Buzz and with um What's her name? Jody? Jamie? Jesse? Jesse. Where they do a flamenco yeah. dance and they have uh, the song in sang in Spanish. Spanish. It's re- it look the characters move really beautiful. It's really awesome. Yeah, Love and that. Uh, that was all down to that guy credits, who actually it? filmed himself yeah, yeah. dancing. <laughs> if you look in the extras, you'll see the guy who was responsible for the the movement. Looked at him, filmed himself doing flamenco dancing, and then drew sketches and, and made, made yeah. but and it looked really good. So um, yeah. I highly recommend it. It's a hard not to, right? It really <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. Um, so, uh, thanks to Disney for the uh, Blu-ray disc. Um, and if you want to go and win something, go to com as usual. Next week's review, and I'm absolutely excited for this. Uh, I'm, in fact, thrilled, even, is uh, Scott, Vil- Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, ever since I saw the trailer, we were in the theater watching something, and I'd never even... And the trailer came on, and I turned to you, and I was like, what is this? It's like that movie was made for me. It's like a video game yeah. um, shot by, by the Shaun of the Dead guy. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I can't wait. So I'm excited for that one next week. Um, Which Shaun of the Dead guy? The director of Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's him. Yeah. So he's done Shaun of the Dead, the big dude Hot Fuzz, the... and now this. Which not one's the, Edgar not Wright? The two. Edgar Wright's the director. The guy you don't see. Oh, that the blondie guy was the director. Uh-uh. Oh. That's Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. He's a writer. He wrote it with the guy who directed it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's Shaun of the Dead. Um, okay. Guy. Who, Simon who, might have been lurking around. 
I am sure. If if he might even turn up in it, you never know. <laughs> so um yeah, because he does turn up in stuff. Uh, so uh, my rec- movie recommendations for this week, I just went for Pixar, my favorite Pixar movie, A Bug's Life. Yes. And my favorite Disney movie, Lady and the Tramp. So uh, that that was my theme for this week. Right, and mine is another movie that I watched at a much younger age. I think it might have been 20 years ago. Is Stand By Me, which is also about the time of your life when you're young and then moving on. And how things kind of get shattered and left. And you do look back and, like, it's all gone. You know, things change. And I just remember it really had an impact. And it was huge adventure as well. So I love that. And then the other one is, because what I just said about this movie, watching it in 20 years, we might, kids might be like, oh, that's pretty primitive. Yeah. Well, you gave me the Sid and Marty Croft um, oh, yeah, yeah. DVD with the, like, Sigmund. I'm we should say mention Sigmund, that that is. A, let's just mention that that is available. Sigmund the Sea Monster. And yeah. while I was excited to watch it, because it has, like, Witchy Poo and Sigmund the Sea Monster. Just say the actual name of it. So the name can. of it is Sid and Marty Croft's Saturday Morning Hits. It has um, Electra Woman and Dina Girl. Yeah, which looks it awesome. It has uh, Puffin Stuff. Where the dude, the, the boy gets uh, swept away on this boat and then Witchy Poo comes and he gets stranded with this big mayor munchkin guy. I don't know what he is. No, he's big. Munchausen or something like that. And he has the golden flute in his pocket all the time. I always used to think it was Jimmy Osmond. It's not. He's like a British kid. Right. Australian or something. One of those. <laughs> and then uh, there is these weird bugga- bugaboos Yeah, bugaboos. Those are the things that you said were British. They're very weird. Hmm. I'd never watched that. Me neither. I think it was Bugaboo. Is that Bugaboo on the front? This here. At the top. No, this is the mayor of uh, Puffin Stuff World or whatever. But the thing is, and then there's one about um, the Lidville, which I had never dredged up from my mind that I'd ever watched it, but I actually remembered it when I was watching it. They only put one episode of each of these on the DVD, by the way. Yeah, it's just like a smorgasbord of Sid and Marty Croft. Yeah, and... To be honest, when you're watching it back, maybe if you like to smoke pot or something, it might enhance the experience. Looking back on it, it's you just can't believe that how, you were enwrapped in it. Like how, how cruddy it actually is, because they did this like, stuff on like a nothing budget. Nothing. I mean, uh, I don't know, but I did watch it, and that is my recommendation: is to go back and watch one of these Sid and Marty Croft things if you get the opportunity. And if you think fondly of it, maybe you shouldn't. But just look back and see. Oh, yeah, that does look pretty crappy. And then in 20 years when your grandkids or whatever say, like, oh, Toy Story looks like crap, you can go, I get it. (laughs) I understand what you're talking about. And this comes out fairly shortly. It's not out yet. It comes out in a couple of weeks. But it's Cinematic Crofts, Saturday Morning Hits for Vendy DVD. I feel like it's an advertisement for future DVDs. Yeah, well, in the same press release that we got with this disc, it did say that they're releasing all of the Puffin stuff, all the episodes in a season okay. box set. So there's going to be more of it. I guess somebody got the right Oh, to well, I was going to say, Lidville is this place where all the characters are these big costumed people in foam rubber. They're giant hats, right? Now, I assume Lids. they used a lot of little people. Some of them are small. But they're very... Um, I'm not going to... I would... It borderlines on stereotype versus almost racism at times. Like these really hardcore stereotypes of nationalities that today you would never get away with. Not in a million years. You mean like kind of like blackface kind of... No, not that. No, racism. No, others. Not that. I don't think there's any um, African American references. Native Americans. Chinese references. Um... Uh, hin- like a Hindu, like an Indian person. <laughs> it's Although, really um, hard actually, for <laughs> Louis C.K. when he's when he's talking about the little Chinese woman and what he can hear in his mind. <laughs> oh my god, that's so awful! It's yeah. like hing chong, hing chong, like that kind of. And thing. he's like, yeah, that, like, that's what she's <laughs> thinking. Like, a bunch of she's... gibberish, made up Chinese sounding. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are just really. I mean, if you want to go back to a day when we all found that charming and funny. Yep. And be sort of disgusted by it. That's why I felt. I was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Why were they teaching me these things? Because so, uh, that's what sticks in your mind. So I recommend it only because 
gives you a little perspective on what you it's thought. It's only interesting, though, if you've got a history with it, I think. Because to me, yeah, true, I, true. I never watched any That's what I'm saying. To if me, it's just like it, some shitty yeah. morning TV. If you watched it as a kid and you couldn't wait for it to come on yeah. on Saturday morning... Definitely and I said give to it you, a try. Banana Splits is something I used to watch. And I know in my mind it was shit. <laughs> but it has a thing for me because I'm yeah. tied to it. I'm not tied to any of this because we didn't have it. But they're British. Those bugaboo loons they or whatever are, they're but called. I know I don't remember them. And the dude in Puff and stuff, he's British. But I remember Rainbow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, Electra Girl and Dino. I mean, Electra Woman I saw and Dino Girl. From, I watched that a little bit. That's so bizarre. It's pretty cool. So um, that's our recommendations for this week. Uh, games and A Scully stuff. It's been a um, uh, James Bond week, pretty much. So this this week, um, Activision. Th- there is no um, James Bond movie this year or next year, as far as I can tell. Maybe the year after, because of the MGM deal. You know, the collapse of MGM and all the uh, licensing deals. Uh, Bond. Nobody owns the rights to Bond properly at the Except moment. Except the broccolis. So. <laughs> yeah, so nobody, um, nobody's making a Bond movie when they should have been made. I mean, there would have been a new one this year, but there isn't. So Activision, who bought the license to uh, the Bond games a couple of years ago, decided to um, make a new Bond game that's nothing to do with the movies, but wrote by um, somebody who was involved in writing Bond movies. So there's a new Xbox 360 PS3 game called 007 Bloodstone, which is a new Bond story. Um, now the story is uh, quite bland and boring to be honest it's, it's exactly what you would expect from a not even a Bond movie because a Bond movie is better than the story that this portrays um, all I can say about this game 007 Bloodstone I did play it for quite a while it's kind of fun it's like really ordinary Like, right. do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. it's like a, a Bond game but it, if it wasn't Bond it wouldn't. It would just be just a generic, yeah, third-person shooter game. It's third-person. You see Daniel Craig the entire time. Um, one thing I didn't like about it um, is, like Batman Arkham Asylum, which is another game which also did this. Is there's this mode called Detective Mode. I, I think it's called Bond Mode in in Bloodstone, very uh, inventively. But uh, you press down on your D-pad and it turns into Bond Mode. And in Batman Arkham Asylum, you went into Batman Mode. And it's kind of like um, how they explain it in this Bond game is he pulls his cell phone out and it puts like a... It makes all the world grey. I thought you did like that. No, what I'm saying is it takes all the colour out of the image and shows you, like, with this heads-up display where enemies are in the stage. Now, what happens is you flick this mode on and it shows you where all the enemies are. Now, that's cool. But why wouldn't you have it on, is what I'm saying. Like, it, it gives you a distinct advantage in the level. So what the level ends up being is you turning it on, leaving it on, and while it's on, everything's black and white, so you don't get to see the game properly. Do you get what I mean? And the same with Batman Arkham Asylum. I found myself in the detective mode, like, 80% of the time and never could really see how good the game was yeah. or looked because you don't see any of the colour. It's like playing a game in black and white with this fuzz over the top of it. But isn't that just a built-in cheat? It's not a bit in cheat because it's the gadget in this case. I know, I'm saying though, isn't that just a thing where you don't have to use it? I mean, you do have to use it on occasion where, like, the objective is displayed only in this mode. Right. That means you don't leave it on all the time. But you Uh, leave it on as as a cheat. Yeah, well, I found I... The game isn't clearly marked where you're supposed to go all the time. So... It's not clearly, it's not kind of linear, and it's not clear where you're supposed to go. So you do end up having to flick it on just to see where you're supposed to be going next. So you end up in it a lot of the time. And I, I don't think it's a good idea because it kind of takes away. And the game's also made by Bizarre Creations, who were the creators of Project Gotham Racing. Um, they're primarily a racing game um, developer. So this game has some artificially, I say, inserted racing parts right. because. They obviously know how to make a racing game. So they... every This is what is kind of artificial about it. At the end of every level, or near the end of every level, Bond picks his phone up. Whoever's his partner on this mission, he goes, pull the car up outside. I'm coming out. And then every time he comes out, it ends up with you chasing something in the car for like 10 minutes. All right. So it's like... 
I know that that's coming every... Like, when it happened twice in the first two levels, I was like, okay, there's going to be a chase part in the third one, and there was. So it was like they tacked on this driving part because they know how to do a driving part. Um, it was pretty lame. You saw the ending of the game. I Don't thought tell I w- people what the ending I'm not telling them the ending. I thought I was halfway through the game because I sat down saying, oh, I've got half of that James Bond game to go. And it literally ended and said, you know, the, the traditional James Bond will return. Um... I didn't... I thought it was like... Almost like half... It felt to me like half a game. Uh, maybe there's a sequel. But in contrast... In contrast, there was a... Uh, there's another game this week that comes out by... Also published by Activision. Which is um, a Wii game called GoldenEye 007. Now, this isn't the first GoldenEye 007. Because the Nintendo 64 also had a game called GoldenEye 007. So this is a not a remake don't think it's a remake of GoldenEye because that's not what it is. It's a reimagining of the Nintendo 64 GoldenEye. It's inspired by it. It's inspired by the movie of the same name. But it doesn't stick to the movie's plot. It doesn't stick to the Nintendo game's plot either. It's new. It's a new thing. Um, It's voice acted, unlike the Nintendo game. It even has the song and the awesome intro at the beginning with the Pussycat Girls doll... Pussycat... Nicole Scherzinger or whatever she's called she does the she re-sings Goldeneye Goldeneye. and she does really good I I am surprised how well she she sings I never listened to her and when she was really what were you doing looking at her (laughs) well you know I've seen her before but I'm surprised how good a singer she is because she doesn't do an impersonation of Tina Turner no 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 she does her own thing but it sounds really it doesn't sound like don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me is what I'm saying but she's really good Um, but this is if you're going to buy a GoldenEye, if you're going to buy a 007 game, this is the one for me. It's really good. It's um, The graphics are kind of shitty. Um, I think you played it for 20 minutes and you said... I, I This is... Because like, I'd already better. played Bloodstone. Yeah. Um, and I... GoldenEye is actually one, if not my favourite Bond movie. Um, and it opens dun, like... Dun, dun, dun. It opens like it, but not like it. Yeah. Um, it had me pumped, and I was like, I remember playing GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64. I spent hours playing it. Like I, I played it multiplayer, but there was no oh, there was no internet then, so you were just playing with whoever was in your house. You know, split screen. Um, this game has the split screen multiplayer. You can play with your friend, or un- unlike uh, unlike most Nintendo Wii games, it has full multiplayer over Wi-Fi network, which means. You don't have to mess with friend codes. You say, I want to play a deathmatch, and it puts you in a deathmatch with eight other people, random. You play a deathmatch, just like you do on the Xbox 360. It works flawlessly. I played I played two evenings this week. It's got the leveling up system like Call of Duty. They've took a lot from that. Um, lots of game modes. The graphic. I have to say, though, the graphics are shitty. It is Daniel and Craig. It, yeah, the graphics are shitty. And it's kind of a hindrance in the multiplayer. I found a couple of times, because of the low resolution, and we're really used to high-def games, when you're sniping or trying to shoot somebody afar and you zoom in, you can't really make out what's a person and what's a tree, Mm -hmm. you know. But then I have to take myself back and say, well, in GoldenEye, I'm sure you couldn't (laughs) make out anything when you zoomed in. Um, it's just you're so used to like Gears of War and stuff like that, where everything's pixel pinpoint sharp, even when you zoomed in. Um, so yeah, it is a hindrance, but just knock all that on the head when you're playing it. Just think of it as a. It's almost like a, a flashback to old the old days, but with new technology built in. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, like when I sat and played Goldeneye in 1991 or whatever it was on the Nintendo 64. This game. I was going to say, isn't much better graphically. It is. It is, obviously. Of course. It's like a GameCube game. But... No, it's like a Wii game. Yeah, but, I mean, a Wii, Wii's, Wii games are very similar to GameCube games graphically anyway, because it's not much of a step up. The GameCube... I'm, I don't know if there were any first-person shooters on the GameCube, but it's very similar. Um, that's the only thing it's not going to go... I mean, it needs a high def version. Choosing you want cool. that... On Xbox 360. <laughs> or on whatever the new Wii... I mean... But you like the controls. You said that works con- pretty good. Yeah, it uses the pointer controls and the nunchuck. Or you can use the... Uh, they, they actually have a Wii pad now, like a, a dual analogue. I need to get one. They've got a dual analogue 
Wii pad, I don't know what you call it, controller pro or something, but it's an actual, like a 360 controller for the Wii. Um, I use the pointer controls, they work just fine, you use the nunchuck to move your character, and the pointer to move your head. So you point at the screen to move your head, you look around, you flick it up to punch somebody. In fact, that's really visceral, when you come up behind somebody, to punch them, you make a punching kind of manoeuvre with your hand, just slam your hand down so it kind of feels like you're attacking right. them. Um, I recommend it. Uh, I'm not recommending it for the graphics, but I'm recommending their production values are high. The game is way better than the Bloodstone game story-wise. It's like, it's actually, it compares to a Bond movie. Daniel Craig's in it. It's kind of a bit weird because GoldenEye isn't Daniel Craig, but what the hell? Sean Bean's not in it. It's some imposter. I'm not sure who he is. <laughs> Bean um, friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I recommend it. It's really cool. Um, i also been playing on the Wii Bit Trip Fate, which is the latest in the Bit Trip series, which is like the downloadable indie games. I've talked about them before. One was like Pong. If you remember, the first one was very much like Pong. second one was like... Well, they're all like something, but they have this aesthetic. This Commander video is the main hero of it. This one is like a shooter. Uh, not a first-person shooter. I'm talking like a spaceship shooter, like in the old days, like right. Space Invaders, or where you had to dodge bullets and shoot stuff. But um, 3D. Yeah, but really, really, really hard, and that is the 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 trademark of the Bit Trip series. If you want a challenge, and I'm talking a challenge like you have to be like a god to get to the second level. This is the kind of game that you would like. Bit Trip Runner was the last one I played, where you just yeah. basically there's a guy, he's running. And you have one button, A, which makes you jump, and you jump over things. Do you remember that one? That was really, really hard. And you'd think, oh, a one-button game, it can't be that hard. No, there wasn't just one button, because you had to do different things for different stuff. Oh, there was, there was about three commands. There was yeah. jump, duck, and spring or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It started off as a one-button game, but it was infinite, really hard. And finally, I haven't played this this week, um, but I will be playing it on Tuesday, the game of the year. Call of Duty Black Ops. Um, it's out on Tuesday. Midnight openings. Wait a minute. You haven't played it, and you're calling it the game of the year. My game of the year. <laughs> well, actually, I was thinking... Sounds like bias to me. Actually, I was thinking the other day, I've got to run down my games of the year for this year, and um, I have not obviously not played Call of Duty yet, but when I was thinking, I was sat on the toilet, funnily enough, having a poo, and I was thinking, what are my games of this year? And I listed them to myself in my head and thought... Wow, those are really interesting. It's really interesting. I wouldn't have expected to have said those. Don't say them now. You I'm not say saying them. them, but do you know what I mean? It was a surprise to me. I was like, <laughs> those are my games of the year. Interesting, because that's... <laughs> I said to you I had some kind of thing this year where I kind of got into some stuff that I wouldn't normally be yeah. into. So um, that's games for this week. Next week will be Call of Duty, Black Ops. Um, Non-stop. Yeah. Pretty much. Excellent. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, I am taking the entire night to play Call of Duty, by the way. So you won't see me. Fine. Fine. <laughs> That's fine. Are you going to ask me? Yeah. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's well, for birthday my, dinner? Well, for Are my we birthday, cake? unfortunately, because I don't feel like cooking and I don't feel like going out. And I'm happy to just stay in. No birthday cake, but I got some... Um, oh, we're going to watch some chocolate zombies. Chocolate chip cookie dough stuff. The Simply Whatever. I'm going to bake us a couple of hot chocolate chip cookies and some coconut ice cream. And this isn't ice cream. This is my cake-ish. No, it's coconut ice cream. Vegan. It's made out of coconut milk. Yeah. And it's really good. If you like coconut flavor, it's it's really smooth. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so good. Or a mounds bar, we would say. That's not our dinner, obviously. That's our dessert. But uh, in lieu, instead of a birthday cake. Because I looked and I thought, oh, I'll get me a cheesecake. Or no, I'll get some cupcakes. But then I saw the cookies and I thought, mmm, warm chocolate chip cookie and some ice cream. Can't be that. Sounds good. Um, veggie burger, french fries, and some green beans. I have to mention, we I tried a new vegetarian burger this week called Boca Burger. I don't know which one it is. I Roasted think a, vegetable. Yeah, it's really good. I, I mean, it's different to the uh, Morning Star burgers, which I'm really used to. It's less kind of. It's more. It feels heavier. Oh right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're a bit light. Those Morning Star ones. Like you feel like you could probably eat two, but I never do. But this one's kind of. It feels more, more like a quarter pounder. Yeah. Oh, like, interesting. It feels like it's more 
beans than anything, like a bean paste or something. Right, it probably is. I think you would really like it. Oh, You've not maybe, tried one. Maybe that's what I have. I mean, I wasn't going to, but... It's quite substantial. So we're going to have fries, burger, and some green beans with almonds. Just got a box of frozen something or other. And um, that's it. <laughs> I'm feeling my energy is really dropping, so I'm trying to like stay with the I was going to say a quick uh, mention of we watched uh, The Walking Dead, the first Correct. episode last week, um, on AMC. Um, it's a zombie television series based on a graphic novel. Not really like a television series. It's like a movie of its own. Uh, what did you think? I loved it. I love anything zombie, but it's particularly well done. Well, It made. is really well done. Um, and I don't like the guy because I didn't like him in Love Actually, but I really liked him. So that tells you something. And directed by Frank Darabont, who's the director of The Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. Um, mm. So it's not... It's not a not. No, it's really it's, it's a quality well production. Done. But then again, that was the pilot. It was. So and it felt like we, a movie. didn't When it? we transist into the episodes, hopefully, it'll stay. We transition true. into the episodes tonight, so we'll, yeah. we'll find out. But yeah, I like anything zombie because I just love. I I hate the feeling of helplessness and hopelessness at the same time. I love the stimulation of the idea that that that's truly. There's no solution to it. I think this had some... A zombie outbreak. It actually had. Um, the first, I'd say, 20 minutes of this pilot, there's not really any dialogue. Hmm. And it's absolutely on the edge of your seat. Like, yeah, it's holy shit, what's and, going to happen yeah. here? And, um, it had some television elements here and there, a little over-dramatic, a couple of characters. I felt like, okay, okay, I get it, the husband and the wife. The movie, blah, 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 um, but... I mean, the, the series starts with... Um, the guy uh, with a little girl zombie, which you don't see very often. Don't which, tell him. Which was kind of, well, I mean, it's literally the first minute, right? Yeah. Pretty pretty uh, intense. And the CG and the stuff is oh, really, really awesome. Not it really. It doesn't good. seem like a TV series in that respect. No, no. But like you say, maybe it will evolve yeah. into a. But I'm looking yeah. forward to it. It's on AMC. It's on every Sunday night for the night. It's a six part, episode, uh, six part series, but they've picked it up for a second Excellent. season. Excellent. Um, Looking so, forward to that. And what else have you got? Birthday gift. You gave me a birthday gift. Correct. It was, is, it changes my life. And this is the truth. I don't care what anybody says. Something like this. Small, wireless, mouse for my laptop with the tiny little transistor thing or whatever. that you Nano plug in this USB thing. receiver, they call them. Nano, Nano USB receiver. It's very tiny. You stick it inside and then you have this wireless It's like, basically it's so small, it's just the end of a USB thing. Yeah, it's the just metal a pack. tiny little thing. Because before I used your little wire, wired mm. mouse and it was, you know, I never really, I'd get a little irritated because the cable would get stuck under it and stuff for the wire and you just, you always listen to what I say or you pay attention to things and you always get me the best presents. You're going to love your Christmas present. <laughs> you will. <laughs> See, here's I, I always actually, surprises to me. And you always tell me I have to get you what you tell me to get I actually you. finished my Christmas shopping oh my this God. week. Oh, so they're in the house. No, not come yet. <laughs> they haven't, but they will come soon. You always race to the door anyway every day to get UPS. So. You won't be I really love it. I love it, and I can't imagine... Having someone in my life who cares more about me than you do. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so finally, what else you got? Oh, that one would take a long time. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she wrote down on this list <laughs> the meaning of life. <laughs> so, yeah, we could, that could have ended up being a really long Yeah, podcast. my stomach isn't feeling too good at the moment, so I think I should wrap up. All right, up so let's uh, hit the hay, uh, hit the... Road Jack. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitar.com. You can catch us both Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, listen, subscribe, comment, anything you want Multiple to do. Multiple ways to find um, You can email feedback. But you are listening to it already. So you can email feedback it. to me. Yeah, but they're listening to it. They might just come across a random episode. Do you know what? Here's something awesome I just want to say before we end it. Um, I host my website on GoDaddy. Um, this week, anybody who's hosted on GoDaddy, I'm talking anybody from the cheapest plan to the most expensive plan, now have, and they sent me an email and I almost dropped dead, <laughs> infinite bandwidth. No way. Everybody, forever, 
So you infinite could host fun. this there, I, and it would I do, be. I do. Oh, nice. I mean, you can host infinite bandwidth. So um, you you still get a um. I think I have five gigabytes of space, which is a lot of gigabytes of space for a website. Yeah. But you can literally have ten bandwidth million. Is, down, yeah. Down how many, many people? So like this podcast is about fifty megabytes every week. So if like a thousand people download it. I used to be like looking at my stats going, oh, we're getting close to the stats here. Now it doesn't matter. Awesome. You could get a million people download it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's an amazing value for what they charge. So it's crazy. So I'm not paid to sponsor GoDaddy. But if you want a website on something, to me it is amazing. Because I've always wanted somewhere that had infinite bandwidth. And it's usually, oh, infinite bandwidth costs $1,000 a month. Right, right. So um, you could literally host like the most popular site in the world from there for like you know, a couple of hundred dollars. I early gotta go, so. <laughs> Alright then, so um, email feedback to asclearasclear.com. Don't email you because you've gotta go. Never. And no. um, I wanna say uh, stay classy, uh, Woody. The end of Woody's story. Aww. We'll I'm never gonna see say, you again. Think for yourself, everybody, or someone will do it for you. Yeah.